Welcome to Lesbians Who Write with Claire Lydon and T.B. Markinson. Conversations about writing and lesbian fiction. Join us as we draw back the curtain on the writer's life. Hello and welcome to episode 127 of Lesbians You Write. This week's topics is what are your strengths and what are your weaknesses? Joining me, Claire Lydon, is my co-host, the strong silent type, T.B. Markinson. Hello, T.B. How are you today? I don't really think I'm the silent type, especially when it comes to whining. <laughs> Apparently, I've been recently informed I'm, a, I'm stellar at whining. How am I over here? Well, you know, things are going all right, um, but I have a little bit of an announcement. Even though we were talking about it sort of last episode when you asked how Lizzie was going, because I mentioned I was going to publish it by the end of the uh, year, and I swear I didn't set you up to ask that question, but my main thing that mentioned today is Lizzie is back as the main project. Woohoo! You, you predicted it! I know, wow. Yeah. So the, the editing date for this one is rapidly approaching because uh, my life is uh, run by editing dates. And I'm on the third draft, or maybe fourth, I'm not good at numbers. But it's kind of weird to be working on Lizzie again so soon, because that wasn't the plan this year. It wasn't the plan at all. I had published a Lizzie book in January, and I wasn't planning on writing the next Lizzie book until 2022. But then the Miracle Girl, the draft of the Miracle Girl, came crashing down around me. <laughs> and I set that manuscript aside and came, and Lizzie just started calling to me, and I had a better connection with that one in the series. So, uh... Lizzie just won't go away, my, but I, I am happy to report my feelings about Lizzie have drastically changed because back in 2019 and early 2020, Lizzie was making me miserable. <laughs> I was having a hard time wrapping my head around the character and the storyline. Now that has flipped to the Miracle Girl, so I've just decided to put the Miracle Girl way, way back on my writing uh, production calendar. And But isn't it funny how our creative brains operate? Like. A year ago, if you asked me anything about Lizzie, I'd be like, oh, I fucking hate Lizzie. I can't write this book. I don't know what I'm going to do. And now I'm like, yay, Lizzie! Hate the Miracle Girl. Just hate it. <laughs> but um, I've learned to stop forcing stories when they're not working. I've learned to just let it go and let whatever problem is happening, give yourself time to work on it and fix it. And I know my Miracle Girl fans are probably not going to appreciate that in the short term, but I think in the long run, it's the best career choice. Yes, I agree. Um, I think we both had projects that we've abandoned this year, haven't we? Um, I had a project in in May and June. So I, when I said last time, actually last time out, that I've only written uh, two books this year. I've actually written two and a half. I just yeah. abandoned it. So, uh, <laughs> and I don't think I'll be picking that one up next. I think I need to still leave it to so leave it to germinate. So yeah, if if you're having trouble, leave it. And if you want to go back to it, you can. But if you don't, you don't. Your abandoned project and my abandoned project are probably in the same file having a party, so they're probably not having any problems. They're, they're probably enjoying the time off. And we're not swearing at them right now, so that helps. Uh, what else is going on? Uh, Girl Love Happens Season 3 has officially launched. <laughs> and I am actually jotting... Thank you. I'm actually jotting down ideas for Season 4 since it's not on my edit schedule at the moment, but the storyline is still relatively fresh in my head, so I am getting notes down to make it uh, easier because the last delay between season two and season three was so long that when I did try to start writing it again I was like what the fuck I, I forgot some of the characters names I forgot what they looked like I'm like I knew one was a redhead and one was a blonde but I wasn't sure so um, I'm trying to uh, 
not commit that same mistake. But who knows? I might start hating Girl Love Happens next, and then I'll love the Miracle Girl. You never know. Oh, and I have an update on my reading goal. In the last episode, we talked about how one of my goals for the end of the year was to read more. And I've almost finished this uh, this Anderson book. And that is clocking in at 1,300 words. It's actually about 1,300 words, 1,300 pages. <laughs> it's funny because when I started reading this, I knew I'd read the first book in the series. And so I picked up book two. And it wasn't until page 700 when I was like, you know, because I had started listening to the audiobook. But I only listened to, like, maybe the first quarter of the audiobook. And then I abandoned it because um, I moved and life got busy. And so I thought, you know, by page 700, I'm like, how was I only a quarter into the audiobook? But I'm at page 700. The narrator isn't reading that slowly. I fucking read this one before. So I'm just continuing on with the remaining 500 pages because I just can't set it down now. So you have you have actually read the whole thing. I I'm, I'm finishing. I'm getting close to finishing it. But when I re- hit page seven hundred, I was like, I'm really sure. And I looked at my um because I listened to the audiobook and I was like, I'm really sure I have this one. And I did check my um UK Audible account, and sure enough, I did complete it um many years ago. So yeah, so I'm rereading it again. Apparently. You know, it's but, only 1,300 Yeah, pages. but rereads are, it goes to show, doesn't it, that rereading a book after a few years anyway, uh, it's always pretty new to me. And and I yeah. never I never truly remember the whole story, I only remember bits of it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so um, I have book 2.5 ready to go, that is right, but I'm wondering, before I dive into more fantasy world, I recently borrowed the new Casey McQuiston book, so I think I might dive into that to get a lesbic title in. So, but, um, yeah. So my reading's going along swimmingly. I just keep rereading the same book. <laughs> but I have a big announcement. After we finish recording today, I have an appointment at the car place. Woo-hoo! To pick up my car. I think I'm actually gonna get the keys. And Pepper is coming home. I've named my car Pepper. Because <laughs> it's red and it has a lot of pep. Welcome, Pepper. I'm excited to actually have the car. I mean, this has only been, what, eight weeks? Yeah. Yeah, so finally, finally I get the car. I mean, I've, you know, the money's gone through the account. I, I've had insurance for well over a month now. <laughs> so I finally get the car to go with it. Yeah, so what exciting things are going on in your world? Well, I was just going to comment, actually, on your reading. You said you were going to uh, read the Casey McQuiston. Is that one last stop? Yes, the lesbian one. Yeah, it has the, the pink cover. On the train. The, the, the yes. woman on the train, where does she poo? It's yes. going to be a whole mystery for you. Um, yeah, so I love that book. Um, it is it is totally fucking bonkers uh, and not anything like I'd, anything I'd normally read, but I love the way she does um, emotion. So a lot to learn, actually, a lot to admire. Uh, I loved it so much that I actually picked up Red, White and Royal Blue, which is her first book which did and still is doing amazingly well. It's still in the top 10 of New York Times bestsellers over a year since it came out. And I have to say, uh, you know, it's very different. You know, that's a that's a um, gay rom, um, rom-com. But beyond that, it's just a very different book. I mean, she still does emotions really well, but it's the, the, the subject matter, um, everything about it is just very different. There's a different feel to it. That kind of threw me a little bit, and it took a little while for me to get into that one. But I've just finished that one, and oh my god, I loved it. So I'd recommend okay. I'd recommend her first one as well. Okay, well that's good to know. I I do know because I've only read the blurbs, and when the um, Casey McQuiston book came out, usually when a big uh, 
lesbian fiction book comes out from like a, a publisher. Um, I'm, always, I'm always curious how it does. And like the first day, I was surprised by the reviews because everyone was like, I didn't know this was time travel. Mm. Like everyone was confused by that. And then I was like, well, that seems weird. And I went and read the blurbs for Red, White, and Royal Blue and this one. And I was like, these are like completely different styles. So yeah. yeah, they are really, really different. So I was quite surprised and a little bit thrown, like I said. But then once I got into the other one, because I think you'll like Red, White, and Royal Blue actually, because it's quite political. So, um, and there's a lot of politics in it. She's done a lot of research. And I liked it as well, because it's about um, a romance between the president's son the president the first female president of the u.s her son and um the prince of one of the prince in the uk so there's a bit of the book is based in london and there's a lot of britishisms and there's a slag off of brexit it's very current so i really liked it is she is she american or british she's american but she's, does she get the britishisms right i think so yeah i didn't know okay. it was anything bad so but the thing is it's all done from the Americans viewpoint so it's that is the safe way to go that is my favorite way to do it because um otherwise it's it's intimidating as hell yeah. it really is I remember still kind of like all the um hand holding you had to do for me for one golden summer because I was like I don't know what word you would use for this <laughs> <laughs> what word do you guys use no <laughs> so there you go that's one thing I've been doing this week uh reading red white and royal blue recommended so my book's gone to the editor, hooray. Now I'm just sitting here twiddling my thumbs, obviously. Not. Um, <laughs> um, but as I said, you know, the editor will pick up stuff, obviously, and then it will come back in a week or two, and then I'll be able to make changes, and hopefully it will be all right by the time it leaves me. Oh, I don't want it to go. Um, but I think uh, things that I realised that I was doing in this one were everyone winks, everybody has feelings and then ignores them. Enough of that, Claire. Uh, and everyone's got shiny eyes. It's like The Shining in my new book. <laughs> so when you say everyone has feelings and then ignores them, are they this? Are they acknowledging that they're shoving them deep down, or are they this like? Are you not addressing them at all? They are acknowledging it, yeah. But there's too much of it going on. Clearly, I had this thing yeah. in my head, and then everybody started doing it. Yeah, it's just it's interesting all the little ticks that you have, in, and they're always different in every book, you know. Um, so uh, when everyone's wincing. Uh, you know, even I knew that. Even I knew that. And quite often you don't see it yourself and your editor points it out. And then you're like, oh shit, yeah, there's quite a lot of that. Um, but she'll be pleased to know that I picked that up before it went. Well, there's probably too. She'll probably come back and say, there's still too much fucking winking, Claire. And I'll go, oh god. I remember, like, uh, well, I don't remember. Like, sometimes when I get the draft back and my editor's like, you used the same word four times in this sentence. And I'm like, how do I not fucking notice that? <laughs> yeah. But as soon as it's pointed out, I'm like, Oh my god, this is terrible, but how do I not notice it? All I'll say to you is, I did not mean to demean the meaning of Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was one of my favourites. <laughs> I mean, that's the best sentence I've ever written, I think. So, what else have I been doing this week? So, um, the Lesbian Book Club podcast that I do, the other one, the summer special is out. So, that, that's me interviewing five different authors. So, if you, um, if you like hearing my dulcet tones, hop on over to that podcast as well. Uh, you can find that on my website. It's clairelyden.co.uk. I've also commissioned, um, to be audio, the audio of, uh, what is it? Big London Dreams, London 8. I've got London 8 audio. What's it called? Um, now, this one obviously was a little bit of a falafel because, um, the narrator who's done most of the other books uh, had to leave because of ill health so I've had to commission a new editor so sorry a new narrator which I have done uh, with Claire Story because she did such a great job on 
One Golden Summer and also on The Long Weekend for us. Uh, one Golden Summer for us, The Long Weekend for me. She's going to be doing this one and the last one in the series, which will come out next year. So that's good. Um, I've got to wait a little bit for her because she's busy. She's in a play and then she's got three audiobooks lined up. So I think that's a good sign, right? If your narrator's busy. Yes. Like she's in a play play, like yeah, on stage? Yeah, on stage. Wow. Yeah. Wow. She's a proper actor. Well, she's keeping herself busy. Well done her. Yeah. So that's good. Um, that's good to have done that. And also my co-working space update, uh, you know, I was looking to uh, maybe go and get somewhere else to work, just change things up. Well, the posh place I've decided is no go because it's just going to be too much money for the amount of time I'd go. I'd have to go at least three times a week and I can't commit to that really. So the unposh place is still maybe I might try it out for a month, but it doesn't open until uh, actually, well, we we're recording, the, but no, it's open. Oh my God, it's open. <laughs> So yeah, I'm, I may well try that out. Who knows? I'm still in a state of flux about that. But I, I guess it's it... the construction. Well, no, I guess it's because the construction hasn't started yet. When the construction starts, I'd probably be like, fuck, get me out of here. So um, yeah, we'll see. And I will also say that this week, um, it was a bit sad. I've had a, uh, a death of a family friend and a guy who, was, who um, played a big part in my life, really. So he was 80, so he'd had a good life, but he, um, you know, died unexpectedly. Um, and it's his funeral this week. Um, I just want to use it as a, as a just a little pep thing to say that life is short. Don't wait to do what you want to do. If you're sitting on that draft, get it out there. And I will say at Howard as well, who's the name of the guy that died. Um, he is a great uh, example actually to us all because he was he worked in advertising right up until about the time he was I don't know exactly but 40s 50s and then he decided that he's a hugely talented artist and he decided that he was going up to London every day and doing something he didn't want to do so he chucked it all in um, started painting and then became an art teacher at a local school and loved it and then opened a gallery and for the last sort of he only gave that gallery up for the you know a few years ago um, but he had a gallery um, in our local town where I'm from for like 20 years and he sold a lot of paintings and he made made a living and so he is his art now his family have got that to remember him by obviously they remember him but it's nice isn't it it's nice to have something we've already got some bits and bobs in the house but I just thought as well when our time comes to go it's nice that people have books to remember us by I wasn't expecting that I wasn't expecting that as the main point but um that's inspirational that is that is nice and I am sorry for your loss mm. Right then, um, let's get on to comments, comment on to what you got. Alright, first up on Twitter, Sandy Jones is telling people that uh, they should listen to our podcast, which is full of information you need, and a lovely, funny, and informative podcast for writers and readers too. So thank you, Sandy, for those kind words. And for Buy Us a Coffee, Beth, Beth bought us a coffee and said, you two are amazing and have helped encourage, amused, and inspired Beth, and inspired her, sorry more than you will ever know. I believe that when we financially support the things we enjoy, they tend to stay around longer. So I'd like to ask my fellow listeners to join me and donate a few bucks if they enjoy this podcast and if they can afford it. So I appreciate Beth very much for the kind words and we appreciate your support and everyone's support. We do. And we, we would echo the coffee encouragement, wouldn't we, TB? Well, yes. <laughs> yes. Well, I like tea but um oh yeah okay whatever. i'll drink the coffee and um i'll buy some tea and send it to tb she can add some water yeah i was i was a little a little depressed when i found out how many coffee places there were in london i was like you guys are supposed to i thought finally because i've never liked coffee 
as an American, and I thought when I moved there, everyone was just going to drink tea, and you guys all let me down. (laughs) (laughs) If it helps you any, I've only had one cup of coffee today, but two cups of tea, so, you know. It helps a little bit, but you still let me down. I was hoping that I would not have to face the coffee. Sorry for the whole entire British people. Right, let's get on to the topic at hand, which is what are your strengths and what are your weaknesses? Now, I would just <laughs> I would just preface this, right, because um, I, I, I think I saw this uh, on a different podcast and I thought, well, that's a good question. But here's what the hilarious thing about this is. So I bought um, a thing called the Clifton Strengths Test. Now, have you heard of this? So the, I have not. So the Clifton Strength. So uh, I don't know if I've m- mentioned before a writer called Becca Syme, who has written a whole bunch of writers, a whole bunch of books, and has got a whole bunch of online courses for writers. Now, um, and they're very well regarded, very well thought of. And she does this course where you do it online with her, and she'll sh- tell you what your strengths are. And so that's how you should base your writing career around those strengths, right? So, and one of her things is, if you don't want to do that, just take the Clifton Strengths test and so I did I thought Joe I'm gonna do that and it's 50 quid right to take it so I bought it and I bought it about four months ago and I forgot it (laughs) so what is the which is that a strength or a weakness I can't work it out but anyway so when (laughs) so I just found it in my folder and I'm like oh shit you know maybe this topic came to me because I needed to take my Clifton Strengths test so once this book is done I'm going to take my Clifton Strengths test god it is a tongue twister that so um I I, I, we can come back to this one I can tell you what actually my strengths are not just what I think they are (laughs) so we can preface this by saying this is what you think they are and then we'll we'll find out what the professionals say yes well this is interesting though I have to take the test because I don't want to yeah if you don't want to you don't have to it's not the money. I really just don't want it to be reinforced. Okay. What my weaknesses okay. are. Okay. <laughs> See, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued, and I think it's because I quite like Becca Syme. I like. I've read a couple of her books. Um, I, I thought about maybe doing her course, uh, but then I thought, ah, oh, well, I'll just take the test. Uh, probably, you know, probably the Clifton Strengths people are like, oh, another one of those suckers who's kind of come along, pay fifty quid, and then not do it. That's me. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So let's get on. So strengths. So I have put, for me, for number one, I am disciplined when I need to be. I get shit done. <laughs> I'm literally looking at my first, my second sentence that says getting shit done. <laughs> we both put the same strength. We've clearly been hanging out far too long. But I preface it by saying my biggest strength is also my biggest weakness. Right, okay. And my first weakness is I'm easily sidetracked. Two signs of, two sides of the same coin. Same thing, right? There you go. So what I mean by my, my biggest strength is also my biggest weakness is I am, like Claire, I'm really good at putting my head down and getting shit done. And this is really helpful when you have a deadline and it's helped me publish many books per year, but it also takes an extreme toll on me. Um, while I love to stay busy, I'm trying to retrain my body and brain to stop. And this is going to be a years long project because I will go until I break myself. And that's not the best way to live life. (laughs) But it also helps now, since my backlist has grown quite a bit, the urgent need to keep getting the next shiny object out there isn't as strong. It's still a necessity as a writer, but I can rely a a bit on the backlist and give my brain the break it needs. So, but yeah, it is one thing that I am constantly battling because I always want to keep pushing myself 
more and more and more. I always want, I'm always like, well, I published five books this year. I can do eight next year, stuff like that. And I have to battle it. Yeah. Whereas you see, I, I think I'm a little bit easier on myself than you. But again, I don't really see that as a weakness. Uh, I think that's a good thing. Um, I, I am easily sidetracked, though. I'm quite a procrastinator when I want to be. Today I made a spaghetti bolognese in the middle of the day. Um, is that procrastinating? Some might say yes. But I knew I was doing this, so I thought I'd get the, get the dinner done. <laughs> see, for me, I'm like, well, that means you just have dinner ready. That's like, brilliant, brilliant, Claire. <laughs> yeah. I think, do you know what, as well, actually, I think this is a good good sort of thing of balance, which is another strength of mine, I think. Uh, but also, you could say it's a weakness, because maybe I do a little bit too much going one way or the other, I don't know. So I spent this morning um, doing sort of three hours on a, on a different project that I'm sort of just starting. And so I had three hours of focused work, and then I thought at lunchtime, well, I'm going to be doing the podcast today, so uh, I'm not going to be able to make dinner later. Um, my wife's very busy at the moment in her job, so what I'll do at lunchtime is I'll make the spaghetti bolognese. And that also gives my brain a break, because I'd just done the focus work, and then I was refreshed to come here. God, I'm a genius, Stevie. Yeah, so how many hours a day are you working? It really depends on the day. I like to get at least sort of four or five proper hours of work done, and sometimes it'll be more than that. But, you know, I'm, I always go for a walk most days, I do my yoga, I go... I go shopping when I need to, you know, or watch telly when I want to. Not every day, but, you know. I take breaks. I always take lunch. I stop by 7, that sort of thing. Yeah, because I'm at my desk at 7.15 usually every day. And then I close my laptop. This is a new rule I've instituted. My laptop, no matter what, gets closed at 5.30 at night. So, but I'm not working that entire time. I, like you, I, I take a lunch. I take probably like 20-minute lunch, and then I go for a walk. But, um, yeah, so I'm Seven, trying to institute that rule, too. 7.15? 7.15 is early. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I have I have certain um, things that have to be done early. Like, I have on uh, Mondays, I have to upload the podcast episode. Tuesdays, I have to do I Heart Liz Week newsletter. So I'm already trained on those days. So I'm like, well, I might as well. They say one of the easiest things to do is just to keep the same routine mm. because – if I start staying, if I'm like, oh, it's Tuesday night, I don't have to get up early tomorrow, then it kind of just throws me off the rest of the week. Yeah, so 7.15 is my my start time, usually, at my desk. Okay, no, I don't start to... I, I try to do 9 to 5, but I don't really generally do 9 to 5. Um, <laughs> I say try to do it, but I, I'm very happy to work till, like, 6.37, um, but I'll have to take breaks during the day. So, you know... I'm 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 sort of very much that. But if I need to take a day off, I will. That's the beauty of working from home, isn't it? And working for ourselves, where yeah. we can be like, yeah. no, I'm not feeling it today. All right. So we're both disciplined, but we're both easily sidetracked. What's your What's your next uh, strength? Oh, hold on. Oh, my next strength um, that I wrote down is my ability to pick myself up when I am dealt a blow and to keep going. That's one of our things we keep saying with this podcast. Just keep going. Um, there have been many times in my author career and even in my life where I've hit a major hurdle, whether it be health, living situations, or other big ticket items that throw your life into chaos. Um, when that happens, I'm very good at just taking one thing at a time and overcoming whatever issue it is. And this ties into my first strength, I think, because even when shit hits the fan, and it has several times, <laughs> I still put my head down. And I think one of those abilities to not panic 
so much when you have to deal with a blow helps you uh, in this business because if you had a job like an office job like you have to go to work every day and you have to show up but here we work from home and if we do want to take the day off we can but you also have to be disciplined and show up and sit your ass in the chair every day and get your work done yes as as my brother who was over uh, recently said to me well you I mean you're just living the life of Riley writing your books aren't you so you know <laughs> What's he, the life of Riley? I do you know do you not know that phrase? Uh-uh. The life of Riley. It's just like the best life ever, you know. Like the easy life of Riley means um quite an easy life. He's got the impression that, you know, writing books is easy. <laughs> I think everyone who hears that I'm a writer, they just get like this really like jealous glazed look in their eyes, like, Oh man, you must not work at all. Yeah, yeah. Just, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Then that's right. what that's what my brother thinks. He thinks I work three hours a day and then smoke which is what I used to think writers did and then I was really upset when that wasn't the case so <laughs> you don't just get to drink and smoke all day and yeah. like maybe like bash out a hundred words and then like just party yeah I watched a love actually that's what you do you went to go to a chateau in France and drink wine smoke and um they did have sex with somebody did you have sex with somebody maybe well they asked me if I had sex with somebody I'm like that's a bit personal no. <laughs> Not you, Colin Firth. I mean, wouldn't that be great if being a writer was just sort of three hours work a day and then go to a French chateau? Wine, food, sex. Yeah, it would be brilliant. Mm. I mean, I think all of us would be much happier, but I don't think writers are very happy. (laughs) (laughs) Right, so my next strength is uh, I am creative. That I mean that in the term that I like to write. Uh, It's not always easy, but I like to do it. Um, editing is my new superpower. I didn't used to love that, but I do now. Um, even though it takes me a while with every book for me to realise it, as I said with this book that's with the editor now, um, I did think it was shit. But also, I'm creative when it comes to the business side of things, um, which we said before that I didn't think I'd love, but I do. And so that really does help, actually, when you're when you're in business, because this is a business, um, to come up with new ways of doing things and to, you know, try something different. I'm not afraid to do that, and I think... Um, Working for myself has allowed me to do that. And maybe I would, didn't do that as much when I was working for someone else. I would stick to the tried and tested routes, but I'm not as uh, afraid of doing it, working for myself. All right, so my next one is actually a weakness. I went back and forth. Okay. And you'll see why, because my first one was both a strength and a weakness. Yeah. And so I just said that um, my ability to pick myself up when I'm dealt a blow was one of my strengths. And next, my weakness is panic. I know this goes against what I just said, but it is a huge weakness of mine. Um, I panic a lot about things, and then I have to settle myself down and just keep going. But I do panic, like when I have to uh, hit that publish button, I always panic. Um, When I have to launch a book, I always panic. Um, When I have a project that's on my schedule that's not working, I panic. I was panicking a lot with Girl Love Happens, not Girl Love Happens, though that's the one that's coming out. The Miracle Girl. I was panicking a lot when I could not get that one to work. And so I have to take the time to deal with my tendency to panic and then to remind myself that I can get through it. (laughs) I can put my head down and just keep going and get through whatever difficulty I'm having. But my initial initial reaction is to panic, and I I have to control that. My, My strengths and weaknesses, as you'll see as I keep going, are constantly battling each other. Yeah. I think that's a human thing, right? You're going to panic, but then you just have to learn to to 
control the panic or just know it's coming really you don't even have to control it just know it's there uh, my weakness uh, next one I am um, very self-critical uh, I'm a Virgo apparently it comes with the territory uh, so I, I didn't know that about Virgos. You guys are just like really mean to yourselves. Yeah, we're very we're fussy. Like you know, like some star signs are really good, and like a, like some are really fun. Some are really like laid back. Some are really good. Virgo, I think, is probably the worst one to be. You know, like we're we're very. It, there aren't many positive attributes to a Virgo. The only the positive attributes to a Virgo are that we're organised. We make lists. That's that's like the the most positive anyone has, says anything about a Virgo, <laughs> and the other what ones are negative. Uh, like we're critical, we're fussy, uh, we're highly strong. I mean, none of these apply to me, TV. <laughs> no. But I am very self-critical, uh, and it's something I have to, you know, try and stop myself doing uh, in all aspects of my life, and also just do doing generally. So uh, I think I do a decent and decentish job of it, but you know, it is something that's always there with me. And being a creative, I mean, that even adds another layer to it, doesn't it? Because yeah. all creatives are critical of themselves, and if you already have a propensity for being critical, <laughs> it's got to be it's got to be fun in your head, is what I'm saying. <laughs> I should become a critic, right? All right. So up next for me is another strength, and I think one of my strengths is my sense of humor. But what I mean by that is I've made some serious mistakes in my life, and I've made some serious mistakes in my writing career, and I'm able. With time, not right away because I'm too busy panicking and then trying to get control of it, but with time, I am able to laugh about it. And um, I think this helps tremendously because I prefer laughing over crying. Just I do cry sometimes. I really prefer laughing about things, and it, it helps me face a new challenge, and it keeps me young at heart, I think. I also, I have very kid-like qualities that kind of help with the sense of humor. Um, I'm constantly wearing Disney t-shirts. I have Disney knickknacks and all the stuff like that. And it's stuff I surround myself with because um, when, especially when I'm having a really hard day, if I notice like one of my little knickknacks, it really makes me smile and it kind of snaps me out of stuff. And I do love meeting up with friends and having a drink and sharing my latest mishap over beers. I mean, it's happening more over Skype these days. But I think if you're able to laugh at the mistakes you've made, learn from them but still laugh at them um it makes you stay sane it just kind of helps your whole the way you look at things your outlook at things yeah i would totally agree with that uh, hopefully uh, from listening to this podcast <laughs> people know that we do try and laugh at things because you can't control most things so you gotta laugh at it yeah or cry one of the two <laughs> Yeah. I mean, speaking for myself, I made some serious mistakes, especially early on with my writing career. And I'm just like, oh, well, that was really stupid. So my next, uh, what did I do with that? But, so uh, go for strength. Um, I uh, said I am good at public speaking and presenting. I feel like I'm in a job interview now. Yeah. <laughs> What's your strength? I'm good at public speaking and presenting. But I don't, I don't, I think that is a good strength. I don't have, I'm not that um, afraid of doing, you know, author readings I don't really like doing author readings mainly because <laughs> I shouldn't really admit this to should I um I like speaking to people about my writing I like speaking to um readers uh I love doing that like Facebook lives and stuff like that uh Instagram lives I've done a few of them I'm I'm, I'm good at them I think um and I don't mind doing uh public speaking I've done it in previous jobs I've done I've done a lot of presenting conference speaking the one thing I don't like doing is 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 readings from my book I find that 
a little, I don't know, I feel like I'm not very good at listening to authors do readings. I'm, I'm not really that interested in it. I like to read a book. I don't really like having a book read to me. So uh, I guess that's why I don't really like doing them. But I think it's a strength to do, be able to do public speaking and presenting. You know, I think that comes out in these podcasts, right? Uh, I like doing podcasts because I'm good at doing the public speaking. Yeah, yeah. And I think to your point about the author readings, like when I go to events, I much rather have the author be a little more relaxed and discuss their books and like yeah. their inspirations and challenges and everything. And I think a lot of authors aren't very relaxed when they're doing author readings because they're reading their own words and they're probably thinking in their head, oh, that word, that, that word's rubbish. I should have changed. And it's one of those things where um, I much prefer just listening to a chat yes. with an author. Me too. Than the actual reading. Because yeah. I learn more and um, it's not painful for everybody in the room. Yes. <laughs> I just find author reading so painful. It's such a good word. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, the authors, most authors I know don't like doing them. So, you know, it's it's not that I feel awkward doing them. I just find them dull, like as, as an audience and as the person doing it. So I try not to do them anymore. But occasionally you're asked yeah. to do them. And if it's an event that I really want to go to, like, like the... the um, uh, the Pride I did up in um, Hebden Bridge. That was brilliant, and that was really good to do. Um, but, you know, we all did a five-minute reading. Five minutes, I can do. And then there was a really good Q&A afterwards. Much more, enjoyed that much more. But, you know, yeah, occasionally you have to do them. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've had to do a few too, and I'm always like, can I just, like, chat? Yes. Do I have to be, like, so, like... Well, I don't know. It's just... I find it rigid and painful. But anyways, okay, so... This is my last one. So this is uh, my last weakness, and it goes right along with my uh, strength. Another way my head is always battling inside. My propensity for darkness, which we joke about a lot on this uh, on this podcast because I am the darker one. Claire is always like, oh my gosh, look at the pretty rainbow. And I'm like, yeah, the world's coming to an end. <laughs> so, um, and I... It's one of those things I am constantly battling in my head. It's kind of scary in my head. Also, the thing that does not help my darkness is I am a news junkie. I follow, like, I don't know, six, seven different newspapers. I'm always reading about bad shit in the world and everything. It's hard. It's really hard to balance being an informed human on the planet and being an, a really miserable sod who takes on everyone's misery with you because you only you only have what's the thing you always say you, your, your bucket gets full you only have what was that you you only have so much room in a bucket to fill no it wasn't you someone else was i was talking about this with someone else and they were saying like you only have so much water in your bucket to put out the fires in the world but my mine is stop trying to put out every single fucking fire like you know but um so i've learned over the years and it, and it has been a year-long process or lifelong process i mean um not to let the darkness swallow me so um, I, but I also, a lot of people who know me really well will say I'm the most optimistic pessimist they've ever met because on one hand, I'm like, oh my God, we're all doomed. I don't understand what I'm trying. And then I'm like trying to do everything I can to prevent what I think is going to happen. So I hope for the best, but I'm always like, oh, it's just not going to work out, but I'm going to keep going and keep trying. Mm. <laughs> See, and that is to your credit. Is it? Yes. Okay. Well, it's either that or curl up into a ball and wait for it all to happen, and you don't want to do that. I'd rather watch a Disney movie and laugh. (laughs) (laughs) 
So I've got um, I've got one more weakness, one more strength. So um, my weakness on this one is I'm a terrible delegator. I'm getting slightly I'm getting slightly better, but I could still delegate more and get more help in. But um, I've tried to get help in for a few different things, and some of them have worked and some of them haven't. So the people who have worked, I've kept, like my accountant, my editors, my cover designers, and all that. But um, you know, some some things. I know I should let go of more, but it's difficult to do them. No one's going to care about stuff as much as you do. Even if you pay them, and even if they do a good job, it's me letting go as well. So that's me being a terrible delegator. Um, and that's been a lifelong thing, I think. My final strength is I make good coffee and good tea. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that one. You've made me many cups of tea and they're delightful. Oh, good, good. And uh, I've just got my new pour-over coffee maker, and I'm I'm pleased with it. It's a good acquisition. So, how's the fun coming along so you can um, buy your fancy house with the American coffee maker? Well, I'm hoping that maybe I might get some funds for my birthday in September, and then I might, you know, I might have to knock the kitchen about to fit it in. But or just there you go. Yeah, knock the kitchen. My friend was over recently, and she told me that we could just knock the kitchen wall down and extend out, like you know. A few feet. Oh, so you don't have to buy a new house now. Yeah, You're we just. You're just thinking of how to ram yeah. it into the space you already Yeah, have. and then that would create a space for a coffee machine, right? <laughs> I could get an island. I think this is. If you actually do this, this is actually. This is actually a, a, a kernel of an idea for a rom com. Maybe the woman hires a handyman to do this, and like the woman's like. The handyman's like, I can't believe this woman is so, you know, fixated on this, and then they end up falling in love. Okay. There you go. You need to do this now, just for the sake of the story that's going on in my head. Is it a handyman, though? Ma'am. Ma'am. Oh, my ma'am. I was thinking handyman. Ma'am. <laughs> no, ma'am. Handy ma'am. We don't say, we don't use the word ma'am. My, my, my latest book's got a DIY entrepreneur in it. She's got a tool belt. Oh, the one you're working on, not the, um, not, not Big London Dreams. No, that, they do not have tool belts in the 1950s. I was, I was like, that was revolutionary <laughs> <laughs> swaggering about london i'm sure there were women who did it anyway well that's fantastic um do let us know uh if you do enjoy this one and do let us know what are your strengths and weaknesses and um what you do to overcome them we'd love to hear from you do comment on the website lesbiansyouwrite.com e email us at lesbiansyouwrite.gmail.com twitter us at leswhowrite facebook us and instagram me and join us next time round when we will be discussing how to get an editor. Is that right, TV? How to find an editor. We'll be discussing how to find an editor. Okay, good. We're, we're both agreed. So we're going we're gonna to knock this one out of the park. Until then, have a great week. Keep writing. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening to Lesbians Who Write. Follow us on Twitter at Les Who Write or show us some love on our website by leaving us a comment or buying us a coffee. And sign up to our newsletter while you're there to never miss another episode. Head over to lesbianswhowrite.com. Also, if you could take a moment to leave us a review wherever you listen to this podcast, it would help more listeners to discover us. Thanks so much and see you next time. <laughs>